This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed. What a 2020 regular season as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers close it out with yet another win and now set themselves into the playoffs to take on the Washington football team coming this Saturday. Yes, for the first time in 13 years, the Bucs are in the postseason. We knew that already. And we now know the opponent after they locked up the fifth seed in the NFC wildcard playoff chase by virtue of a 44-27 win over their NFC South rivals, the Atlanta Falcons. A sweep of the Falcons, an 11-5 year, first time in 15 years you've been 11-5. A tremendous way to close things out in the regular season. Now on to the best time of the year in the NFL, the postseason coming up. More on that in a bit. In any event, welcome in. We have so much to go over and discuss here on Nothing But Bucks. I am merely the somewhat competent host. I am coming your way Sunday night late after the Buccaneers won an early game to end the regular season for 2020, even in 2021 on January the 3rd, closing out 44-27, as I mentioned, in a game that really it, it kind of ebbed and flowed as a blowout in the first half. And then the Falcons, to their credit, hung in with interim coach Raheem Morris, the former Buccaneers head coach. And then the Bucs pull away with 21 fourth quarter points to end up winning this one. Uh, and again, uh, it conclude the most impressive uh, into a any regular season that a Buccaneer team has ever had. The Bucs have never won four straight games to end any regular season. I will say that again. In the long history of the team, including playoff years, previous Super Bowl winning year in 02, previous 11-5 seasons like 2005 and 1999, never won the final four games. That's what was on the line Sunday. That's exactly what the Buccaneers were able to do. So credit the B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S. Go Bucks for getting it done. So we're going to go over the highlights. We're going to play some interviews. We've got some more insight into the numbers, the record-breaking numbers for Tom Brady for the pass offense, the offense overall. What a job. Uh, you cannot say this enough, folks, being down there at field level yet again at Raymond James Stadium in the front row, albeit in the operational zone, not on the field this year because of COVID-19 and all the restrictions, but to watch this man operate at field level uh, for these home games. Haven't been able to do that for the road games because of, again, the guidelines and the and the COVID-19 restrictions, uh, just not traveling this year to do NFL games on the radio uh, any team really doing that. So we've been doing those remotely off of TV. But it's been a privilege to watch eight times at field level, and it was again on Sunday against the Falcons. Brady is unreal. He is almost extraterrestrial with some of the reads, some of the throws. I know you, you make all the compliments about Patrick Mahomes right now, and rightfully so, or the great play of Aaron Rodgers as they locked up the one seed in the NFC after Mahomes and the Chiefs had already locked up the AFC's top seed, the defending Super Bowl champions last week. You see what Drew Brees has done throughout his career. Peyton Manning before that, Brett Favre before that, and I'm going to leave somebody out between Montana and Marino and the great throwers of the football. But, I mean, to be 43 years of age and still be this good, uh, it, it is, uh, it's remarkable to see the accuracy, the touch, can still throw the deep ball incredible uh, to watch that at field level and so we'll go over some of the numbers as the uh, as the show goes on we'll get some playoff perspective uh, etc we now know that the playoff game Saturday night we will be with you Saturday night on Buccaneers radio against the Washington football team don't call them the Redskins we're going to try not to slip they've done away with the name the Washington football team will get to host this game after winning the NFC East by virtue of of their victory on Sunday night over the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia to finish with a 7-9 and nine record. A must-win, a win-and-get-in situation because they knew the New York Giants had won earlier in the day. And if Washington had not won the game, the Giants were going to win a three-way tiebreaker at 6-10. and 10. So the Giants did their part, but then the Washington football team, the WFT, did their part uh, winning what was, I, I will 
I, I can't even be that kind. It was a putrid second half offensively from both Washington and Philadelphia. Uh, it, it just was not good football, but Washington gutted it out with better defense. The Eagles in disarray, uh, having benched Carson Wentz, who was completely inactive as the third quarterback for this game, benching Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter of this game, and then the replacement, Nate Sudfeld, the third-string quarterback, on successive possessions throws an interception and then fumbles a shotgun snap at the very end, um, just giving basically giving away opportunities to go try to win the game. In result uh, is Washington is in. Bucks will be there Saturday night. Third ever playoff meeting between the two, and we'll talk more about that. Uh, coming up. So uh, without further delay, let's get to what happened in the game on Sunday. As I mentioned, Buccaneers looking to secure the fifth seed, which they did. You know that by now here listening to nothing but Bucks in the aftermath of the podcast, uh, on the podcast in the aftermath of the game and the win. But it's how they did what they did that was so impressive as for the fourth straight week offensively, I know the level of competition. Let me qualify it this way. Because I'm always going to be honest with you. I get it. The the Minnesota Vikings, the Falcons twice, and the Detroit Lions, uh, that's, that's not playoff caliber teams you're playing. It's not even teams with winning records. And in the cases of, of the Falcons twice and the Lions, that's teams that have already fired their head coach. Dan Quinn gone long ago in Atlanta. Matt Patricia gone a few weeks before the Bucs played the Lions. So I get it that they're bad. But you know what you're supposed to do to bad teams? You're supposed to kick the crap out of them. And that's exactly what the Bucs did in all of these games. I know the first half against Atlanta, you fell behind 17-0. But the second half, you put 31 points on the board and you kicked the crap out of them. I know the Vikings you know, it controlled the clock. They drove down the field, got an early touchdown. But by and large, the Bucs completely outplayed the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings in the second through the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, and the score should have been more than what it ended up being, uh, 26-14 uh, in that one probably. You kicked a couple of field goals in that game where it could have been much worse. And you look at these uh, last two games with Detroit and uh, Atlanta, 40-plus points in both of them. How about, again, in the long history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've never had in any season, even the Super Bowl season, back-to-back games with 40 or more points. But you see that to close out 2016 as the Bucs get the victory, uh, This in this case with 44 points on the heels of 47 of them last week on Saturday in Detroit. So eight days later, you come right back and score a ton, including 21 in the fourth quarter. This is a very dangerous team offensively. That is indisputable. Uh, And I know we are still waiting at the time that I'm taping this podcast. We don't know the extent of the knee situation, the left knee injury to Mike Evans. It is believed that the knee does not have structural damage. That's the reporting on Sunday night. Jay Glazer of Fox Sports reported that first. The team has not confirmed this. Uh, Head coach Bruce Arians said to us, and you'll hear the interview coming up when I ask him the question, that they don't believe that it is serious. He had an MRI. They're waiting for that to be evaluated. Can Mike Evans play as soon as six days later, Saturday night, against the against the uh, Washington football team? I don't know. I don't know that he's going to be able to. Uh, but say this, uh, injuries are part of the game. You hate to see it. But how, how much firepower do the Bucs have to have Mike Evans, one of the best receivers in the NFL, go out in the first quarter and still light up Atlanta uh, with all the other guys, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, uh, Scotty Miller, Rob Gronkowski, uh, anybody else that uh, Tom Brady wants to include in the pass offense, backs out of the backfield, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, get the ball to Cameron Brate, whomever, Tyler Johnson, the rookie, get the ball to him and make it happen. And that's exactly what the Buccaneers did throughout this game on Sunday. So let's get to the highlights and everything that unfolded uh, as for the second straight week, the Bucks win the toss and say, we want the ball. The mentality, the attack mentality of go down the field and get a touchdown. And that's exactly what they did. They found Mike Evans on a, a long catch uh, to help set things and get things rolling. Uh, Brady able to thread the needle a couple of times, including one to Chris Godwin uh, for another first down. 
And, and then uh, you establish yourselves right here with the quick touchdown to start the game and to start our highlights. Second down and five from the Falcon 29. Godwin in motion to the left slot. Dropping back to throw Brady. Has all kinds of throws a deep pass far sideline toward Godwin. It's caught. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. These are the calls, by the way, of the Hall of Famer Mean Gene Deckerhoff. Dave Moore on Buccaneers Radio. That was only a 68-yard drive needed after a good kickoff return with Chris Godwin hauling in that 29-yard touchdown and an early 7-0 lead. And I love saying this, Buccaneers would never relinquish the lead. From there on out, control the game. It got a little hairy at one point in the second half when the Falcons got close enough. But the end result, the bottom line in this one, is the Buccaneers with too much firepower got the lead and kept the lead. Yes, Atlanta on uh, their second possession after after putting the ball away. Uh, they get the football and they drive down. Actually, it was their first possession. My mistake. They hold it for seven and a half minutes. But the Buccaneer defense stiffened once Atlanta got inside the 10-yard line. And Youngway crew, their kicker, banged through the field goal from 22 yards out to cut the lead to 7-3. to three. That's the same Youngway crew. Uh, who's going to the Pro Bowl, but he missed the game-winning field goal, a makeable game-winning field goal in Kansas City, or missed a game-tying field goal, we should say, uh, to lose to the Chiefs last week. But he made the first one here, 7-3 the score. And then for Mike Evans, we're going to play the highlight here. He makes NFL history on the next drive for the Bucs. Shotgun set, three receivers left, and here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath, caught ball, Evans, he has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons, and what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Yes, with that catch, as Gene is calling it there, Mike Evans stands alone, seven straight seasons to start an NFL career with 1,000 yards or more. Uh, we're not going to play it here. It's not part of the highlights. But then, uh, unfortunately, right after that, he's open in the end zone for a possible touchdown catch. Uh, broke free and slipped and, and, and torqued his left leg and left knee. Scary situation as Evans went down, couldn't come up with the ball. Had to be helped off the field, carted to the locker room, taken immediately for an MRI, left the stadium, etc., to have his knee looked at. In result uh, is that Evans would not return in the game. Scary situation, but we believe, again, we're waiting for official confirmation, that there's not structural damage and Mike could, could be back this weekend, they hope. But maybe if you're able to win later in the playoffs, you'll see him again, and let's hope so, uh, after Evans went out. So the Bucs kicked a field goal after not getting that touchdown uh, and up the lead to 10-3. And then uh, at this stage, the Buccaneer defense would begin uh, to make some things happen. Uh, they're able to get the stop on the Atlanta Falcons. You're able to get the ball back. And then Tom Brady uh, makes a couple of completions. The team moves into scoring range, and it sets up this opportunity. Brady actually buys some time and gets another touchdown toss. Out of the timeout, third down, Tim. Shotgun set, the snap, a good one. Brady flushed out of the pocket. Looks downfield, looks downfield. Throws downfield. It is caught. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown. Fire the cannons. What a catch. 25 yards officially to Antonio Brown. Uh, I am here to testify on nothing but bucks, as Gene and Dave were calling it. That ball was going to Scotty Miller in the back corner of the end zone. And Antonio Brown also broke free towards the right middle of the end zone, uh, about five, six yards deep. And he was able to leap and make the catch before the ball got to Miller. Uh, and the touchdown again uh, goes for uh, Antonio Brown on his stat sheet, but you could have had either one of those guys come up with it. And the Bucks uh, on the 25-yard touchdown catch now in command at 17-3 at this point. And by the way, Brady would become the first Buccaneer quarterback ever with seven games of multiple touchdown passes. The second touchdown pass coming right there. So how about that? Uh, and you're going to hear many more accolades for the surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to be a unanimous Hall of Famer uh, when he comes up on the ballot um, in a few years. Hopefully, hopefully, because you got to wait five years, that we're talking about at least like seven or eight years. So that means he keeps playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
in any event. Uh, the Bucks come up with a defensive play here against the Falcons, leading 17-3 in the second quarter. Ryan under center, takes the snap, hands the ball off, and there's a collision in the backfield. Looked like there was an exchange problem. Fumble football. Antoine Winfield in the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Winfield with a recovered fumble, a scoop and score. Yeah, Winfield Jr. Uh, ran it in, but then the replay review nullified uh, that would have been fumble return touchdown, saying he was down by contact. After the ball came loose, he knocked the ball loose from Brian Hill, the running back of Atlanta and uh, would have raced the other way for a score that would have made the game 24-3. Instead, the Falcons get the break. They call him down by contact. It leads to a Ryan suck-up field goal. His second one of the half, four straight made kicks. And again, the Bucks are dominating at this point, 20-3. Uh, now, credit Atlanta because they would bounce back. Matt Ryan's a veteran, and this, this Falcon team continued to play hard for Raheem Morris down the stretch of this season despite firing Dan Quinn and despite uh, you know losing some games and being out of playoff contention they continued to battle and Matt Ryan continued to make plays on Sunday to keep them in the game he hit Hayden Hurst the tight end over the middle uh, Hurst looked like he got in the end zone they called a touchdown on the field replay review again got involved and said no he's down at the half yard line and that would lead to Ryan going up and over on a quarterback one yard keep he gets in to make the game 20-10 late in the first half. Buccaneers get the ball back, and then in the two-minute offense with their timeouts, march into scoring territory, got inside the 10-yard line, but then with the clock running down, if you have a criticism, you would have maybe liked to have seen them use their timeout uh, because they wasted a lot of time uh, inside the 10-yard line with the clock rolling and ended up not having much time left to get a first down. Tom Brady threw incomplete to Cam Braid on the third down. Braid slipped in the north end zone the same way Mike Evans had slipped in the south end zone. I guess the end zone's still a little wet. The Outback Bowl had been played on Saturday. There had been a lot of rain overnight, about a half inch of rain in parts of Tampa and in and around Raymond James Stadium overnight. So uh, there had been some rain on the field in the end zone, still a little slick from what happened. So Brait falls down, passes incomplete, and Ryan Suckup kicks his third field goal of the first half. You would have loved to have had seven and just again, uh, it really demoralized Atlanta, be up by 17 points. Instead, it's a 13-point lead, and you knew Atlanta would be getting the ball back to start the second half of this game. And so in this third quarter, you know, we talked to Bruce Arians at halftime, and I said to him, hey, uh, you know, uh, assess the offense. He was pleased with how they were, uh, were moving the ball in particular. And Tom Brady, uh, very accurate with the throws and, and once again piling up the yardage and the stats. Uh, but I also asked him, hey, after the injury to Mike Evans, how do you weigh this with your other veteran players? And he said, look, I, I don't want to hear it. I want to try to win a game. If we're up by 30, we'll take people out, but I'm trying to win a game. And sure enough, that's what the Bucks mentality would be. Now, defensively, again, you're at a you're at a loss here as to why they continually allow receivers to make plays on second and long and third and long and soft coverage and zone coverage. But that's what Atlanta took advantage of on their opening drive of the third quarter, marching into scoring range. And again, to their credit, did not give up coming out of the locker room move the ball into scoring position, and uh, Russell Gage caps off the uh, the opening drive of the second half right here. Here's the snap to Ryan, Max protection, moving to his right, under pressure, gets the pass away, it's a knock, it's a caught ball, touchdown Falcons. It's a game of inches, and that catch by running back about Russell Gage, number 83, makes the catch, and Ryan threw it right on the money. 11 plays, 75 yards, and 6-11 off the clock. And the game really back on now with the touchdown at 23-17 as Gage makes that touchdown catch. And the uh, the Buccaneers then, something that hasn't happened really at all for the four-game win streak to end the year is turnovers. And a turnover bit the Bucks while driving here up uh, 23-17. A turnover that's not Tom Brady's fault, but unfortunately it happens. The snap, here comes pressure. Brady steps up with the ball, throws a pass. Oh, Scotty Miller could not hang on. It's bobbled. A catch is made. An interception picked off by Atlanta. A flag has been thrown, however. 
Yeah, wild play as Gene was trying to recap it on Buccaneers radio as Scotty Miller couldn't come up with the ball cleanly as he went to the ground trying to catch it. The ball bounds up into the air, off his arm, into the air. The Atlanta defender comes up with the INT. There was also a flag on the play. A flag for offensive interference on Miller uh, shoving the Atlanta DB trying to get open before the interception. And again, the interception goes on Brady's record, but that's really on Scotty Miller not catching the ball. And then uh, worst case scenario, the ball just bounces up in the air, floating, dangling in the air for an easy pick for the defensive back. And Atlanta took advantage of the momentum and went down and got another field goal. It took them 15 plays. Interesting that Raheem Morris did not go for it late in the third quarter. They had converted a couple of times on fourth down already in the game. He elected not to go for it on fourth down at the three-yard line. Kicked a field goal instead to cut the lead to 23-20. Looking at the big picture of, okay, uh, you know, later on in the game, we can tie the game with a field goal. I'm going to get some points. So interesting that that did not happen. What happened after that is the Bucks coming alive in the fourth quarter. Very quickly, nine-play, 75-yard drive, and it would culminate here with Ronald Jones. Good to see him back after being gone for a couple of games with a broken pinky finger. Missed the first Atlanta game. Because that also on the COVID-19 list. Didn't play in the Lions game, but Ronald Jones back and running hard here. Rojo the setback, here's the snap. Rojo off right, a touchdown Tampa Bay! Ronald Jones the second. What a run, fire the cannons! That three-yard touchdown again gives the Buccaneers breathing room at that point at 30-20 to 20, as Jones uh, slammed that in against Atlanta. And uh, again, to the Falcons' credit, would not go away. Matt Ryan leads a drive down the field once again. Uh, able to, uh, and, and actually the big play was the Brian Hill run on the handoff, 62 yards where the Bucks don't get him down, don't get him out of bounds, uh, and they get inside the red zone, and eventually that would lead to Ryan finding Hayden Hurst, the tight end, uh, over the middle, wide open, lost in coverage by the Buccaneers, nobody around him. So that touchdown uh, once again puts the game right back on at 30-27, to 27, still with a ton of time relatively speaking, in a three-point game left. And that's when the Buccaneers would finally put this game away with a couple of crucial plays. One of them a third down throw. We don't have it in the highlights to Chris Godwin. 47-yard leaping catch on third down, down inside the Atlanta red zone. Just a great play again, stepping up without Mike Evans in there. Chris Godwin, uh, we're going to uh, talk to uh, Bruce Arians about him, Coach Arians, and we're going to hear from Chris Godwin in a little bit here on the podcast on our Hooters postgame show. We got the chance to interview him. Tremendous football player. Forget about just receiver, just a pass catcher. A blocking ability, to, a tough yardage after contact, takes hits and pops right back up. Physical. Physical in the run game blocking people, in the screen passing game blocking people. You can't say enough about Godwin. So, uh, what do you do after he catches that 47-yard pass? You reward him down around the goal line right here. Brady takes the snap, third down and goal. Looks, 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 cocks the fire, on, touchdown Tampa Bay! Chris Godwin's got two today! Fire them cannons! Tom Brady just piling up the touchdowns. That one a four-yarder to Godwin, his second of the game, third one for Brady of the game. And really, you sensed at that moment, okay, with under four minutes to go, you've got this game. You can't say complete 100% certainty, but at 37-27 at home with time running out, you've got great opportunity to end this one. And the Buccaneer defense would end this one coming up with this play just outside the two-minute warning. Here's the snap out of the gun, dropping Ryan, pass underneath, caught ball, but a tackle made immediately. The ball comes out. It comes out. The Bucs have recovered. Sean Murphy Button knocks the ball out of the receiver's arms, and it's a Buccaneer fumble recovery. How about them Buccaneers? We lead 10 and have the ball. Again, Sean Murphy Bunting with the outstanding play as he is able to get the strip of Calvin Ridley and recover the fumble. The Bucs going for the takeaway, and they got their second one of the day couldn't have come at a better time to be up by 10 late in this game and get that turnover and that would enable the Bucks to put the game away it was interesting and more than one person picked up on this immediately and put it on social media national media picking up on this uh, etc 
that Tom Brady clearly was trying to get Antonio Brown catches. He only joined this team the second half of the season after the eight-game conduct suspension by the NFL. And if Antonio Brown got to 45 catches on the season, it would reach an incentive. So Brady was throwing him uh, short pass after short pass to make sure he got that $250,000 incentive as Antonio Brown ended up with 11 catches on the day to lead the Buccaneers in the catch department and eventually got rewarded here with this touchdown. Here's the snap. Brady looking, 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 flushed, looking. Throws a ball wide open receiver. It's caught by Antonio Brown. Flag thrown. Brown will score a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. See what the flag's all about. Fire the cannons anyway. Second one of the day to Brown, 30 yards out uh, to ice the game after the turnover. Took only three plays to score. 21 fourth quarter points. 44-27 the lead and the game done at that point. The Bucks got one more stop on a fourth down, then went and knelt on the ball and uh, and ran the clock out on an 11th win on this 2020 season, even though it ends in the 2021 calendar year on January the 3rd. Sweet victory for the Buccaneers to secure the five seed, needed no other help later on in the day to be the five seed and now play the NFC East champion Washington football team coming up. So, uh, again, full credit for what was able to happen and, and transpire, especially in the fourth quarter, to go get it. That's what the Bucks had to do. Credit the Falcons for hanging in. But the Bucks were better when this one mattered uh, the most. We'll go over some more of the accolades from this game in a few moments. First, though, let's hear from Coach Bruce Arians with his thoughts on everything that happened, including – uh, the scary situation with Evans and the and the knee injury and everybody uh, held their breath, still holding their breath, and it's not a serious knee injury. Uh, but the way this team responded, besides that, the coach had comments on all of it after it was done. Congratulations yet again on another victory, only the fourth 11-win season in franchise history. What are your thoughts immediately after this one, Coach? Yeah, I think back in August, you know, our goal was to get 11 or 12. And, uh, and win our division. We didn't get that done. We got the 11. We're the five seed, and uh, really happy about it. I think our team is playing well right now. Uh, defensively, gave up too many plays to the running backs on checkdowns today, but uh, you know, I thought we did a really good job. Those turnovers were huge in the fourth quarter, and our defense has been able to do that all year. Yeah, so many plays to go over. Let's go back to the beginning of the game. You got an opening drive touchdown. Again, you wanted the ball on the coin toss. Got a touchdown to Chris Godwin on a great 29-yard catch. You really set the tone throughout the first quarter of this game, taking command of it. Uh, just speak more to that all the way back at the beginning and the start you had. Yeah, again, we took the ball. We felt pretty good. You know, coming out after the after the performance we had in the second half up there, we felt pretty good about what we wanted to do. Tom did a great job of distributing the ball all over the place and uh, and putting points on the board. I don't think we punted all day. That is correct. And you built that lead up 10-3 and then eventually 17-3. Unfortunately, you lost Mike Evans in and around that time. He did get over the 1,000-yard mark. You were trying to target him on a play in the end zone. He didn't come up with the ball and then had to leave the game uh, with a knee injury. Uh, what is that situation, if you have any further update here after the game, or is it simply wait and see? Let's wait and see. We don't, there's does not appear to be any ligament damage. Uh, so we're just, we got our fingers crossed that, uh, that we'll, we'll have him soon. You had to regroup. You did regroup, uh, especially with the future Hall of Famer Tom Brady at the helm. Uh, he ends up throwing for 399 yards, and it seemed like every time you needed to have a big pass play, he was able to make something happen. I know you've not seen Coach's film, but you've been watching this all year long. What was it like one more time in Game 16 to watch him go to work, especially in the second half? Well, it, it was fantastic. You know, when we keep him clean, there's nobody better in my mind. And uh, I thought our offensive line tight ends did a great job of keeping him clean. We missed one blitz uh, that we got sacked on, but I, I thought he played outstanding, and, and the guys in front of him gave him plenty of ample time to throw the football. 
And she also set a new single-season record for points for the franchise two years in a row. You're two years here. You've broken the franchise record both years for points in a season. Chris Godwin is a guy that I want to ask you about. A 100-yard day for him on five receptions, probably none bigger than the 47-yard catch. It's still a three-point game with about five minutes left, and Godwin makes a great leaping catch. I know it's on the other side and the other sideline, but what did you see uh, on that play and the great effort from uh, Chris Godwin? Yeah, it was it was really a design play to go short, and Tom saw the corner bite it and put a great ball. And when you throw it up 50-50 ball to Chris, he's coming down with it. I mean, the first catch was amazing, and he's an unbelievable player and just goes up and gets it, and really that was the game. You know, let's just brag on him some more because he threw blocks on receiver screens that were man-sized blocks. He goes over the middle and takes a pop and gets right back up. Can you just can you say enough about the complete receiver, the complete football player number 14 is? Well, I'll put him in the category with Heinz Ward and Larry Fitzgerald, and, and that's pretty high praise because I think they're both Hall of Famers. And uh, he, he, is, he is as tough as those two guys, and, and Reggie Wayne also. So, I mean, can't say enough about him. He's a great player, but he is tough as nails. All right, so this game, uh, you're still battling, trying to put the game away, and Sean Murphy Bunting really makes a clinching play with the strip of Hill, the running back, or actually of Ridley, the receiver, when he caught the ball. Again, uh, what did you see out of that play near midfield because it basically iced the game with that stop? Yeah, I kind of saw the motion come across, and uh, I think Sean knew he was going to run a shallow cross. Jumped it pretty good and, and got his hand over the top and just pulled the ball out. Sean's been playing. He's getting healthier, and he's playing better and better. Big, big play. Well, no doubt for your team, you came up with the plays that you had to make. Uh, okay, take us what the next few hours are going to be like. We know that the Giants have beaten the Cowboys, so that keeps the Giants alive for the moment. It eliminates Dallas. Washington doesn't play until tonight, so we now know as the five seed it will either be New York in New York or Washington in Washington. What will this be like, watching and waiting and seeing? And you may be playing as soon as Saturday, Coach, as well. Three games will be played Saturday, three on Sunday. What will this be like? Uh, it'd be fun to have a cocktail and just watch the ball game and see who, where we're going to play. You, you deserve two, uh, we're all saying on the Buccaneer Radio Network. You can have two uh, for later on tonight. Uh, and again, uh, we can't overemphasize, first time in the playoffs in 13 years with an 11-win season for the first time in 15 years. I know the work is not done, but uh, Buck fans are pumped. You had Buck fans out here in the stadium, Buck fans that are hearing us right now all along the Buccaneers Radio Network. Say something to them as we're on to the playoffs. Yeah, I just, I'm really sorry they couldn't be in the stadium and, uh, because I know how, how it would have been rocking. And uh, come on down and send off the team. Uh, we're Saturday or Sunday whenever we leave for our next ball game. We'd love to see you. Yes, yeah, celebrate. And as he joked, he would be getting a cocktail, or as I said, two, uh, watching the football the rest of the day. And it is the Washington football team beating Philadelphia on Sunday night 20-14. to 14. That uh, means that now the Bucks will travel to Washington to play the NFC East champ uh, coming on Saturday night. The NFL determining that and announcing it on Sunday night that it will be a Saturday night game. And remember now, they've expanded the playoffs this year in the NFC and the AFC, adding a seventh team and an extra game in each conference, an extra wildcard game. The second seed is no longer getting a bye in either conference. They're now playing the seventh seed, the new wildcard third team. And so the Bucks stayed out of that uh, spot, out of that three-hole um, to, uh, to or the four-hole to end up playing the uh, or, or, or the Bucks stayed out of the matchup with the two seed, as it turns out, against the seven seed. The seven seed ended up being the Chicago Bears, and they'll play the New Orleans Saints. But you've got three games in each conference to play Saturday and Sunday. The Bucks will be the late game against the Washington Football Team, a guy that's got a ton of experience in uh, playing December football and postseason football and has six Super Bowl rings to show it is Tom Brady. Here is what he had to say after another staggering offensive showing four more touchdown passes on Sunday, 40 of them in his first Buccaneer season. But the most important thing, four straight wins, 11-5. and five. Here was the quarterback. Hey, Tom, congratulations. Um, can, can you take us through just the swing of emotions? You've been in this game a long time. But, you know, Mike getting an NFL record and then step up and make huge plays for you today yeah it's always tough when you see guys go out and uh mike's proud of him for everything that he's 
you know, gone through this year and what he's fought through. And uh, it's an incredible record to have. So toughness, dependability, not obviously skill, but attitude plays a big factor into those things. And uh, just love playing with the guy. So, and he went out, other guys really stepped up, made a bunch of plays. Chris keeps making plays. Scotty did a good job. Tyler made some plays. Gronk, uh, Cam, everyone, you know, AB obviously. So it's got to keep it going. we got a big one next week. It's, it all comes down to one game. It's now that the regular season's over, it's about, you know, uh, you know, it's one football game. Who plays well? Who executes when the pressure's on? Hey, Tom, congratulations. Can you just speak to the impact that Mike has had on your transition coming here without an offseason and all that? I mean, 13 touchdown catches is no easy feat. Um, yeah. It seems like he was very dependable for you. Can you just speak to his impact on, on your transition? Yeah, consistent, dependable, uh, tough, great playmaker, um, great attitude, uh, great teammate selfless never talks about his own accomplishments um just a great uh it's great for for him to be a part of you know what we got going so i love everything i see you know from him as a, from a quarterback standpoint and just his attitude and uh, what he brings to our team hey, tom in terms of momentum this, this is a team that's won four in a row now you have all the things going right as you get into the most important part of the season how important was that when you see Atlanta get within three points, almost take the lead in the fourth quarter to hold on to the lead and to keep this streak going. Yeah, it was good. We made a couple of plays where we needed to. We didn't have as many, uh, you know, plays there in the second, in the third quarter. We didn't, uh, you know, just convert when we had opportunity there. We made a big play to start the half and then, um, you know, kind of gave away some points. So could have been better in certain areas, certainly in the red area. So I thought, you know, we left some out there today. So, you know, regardless, it's 11 and five, we're finished. And, and now it's, uh, it's all, it's all, you know, to to do anything now, you got to earn it. And that's what it comes down to, who earns it and who puts it in and puts the preparation in and who goes out and execute uh, when the pressure's on. Tom, congrats on the win today. Bruce said that you passed Tom, or you passed uh, Peyton Manning in terms of the, the touchdown mark for a quarterback going to a new team. You have 40, uh, obviously new Bucks record. Congrats on that. Did you think that you could hit 40 touchdown passes in your first season here? I don't, you know, I, I don't, I, I, whatever happens, you know, for me as a quarterback is a reflective of what our group does on offense. And uh, I'm just, I love playing with the guys I play with. We got a great group of receivers, great group of tight ends, very selfless. The backs have done an incredible job and the way the offensive line is playing and protecting gives any quarterback a great opportunity. So it's a team sport. Those are team, great team accomplishments and um, just proud of all the guys, what they put in this year. And, uh, you know, now we're moving into the playoffs and got a great opportunity ahead of us and got to go try to take advantage of it. Hey, Tom, I don't know if you remember this, but it feels like it wasn't that long ago. People were asking you about the deep ball. And then these last couple of weeks, it, it, you're making it look easy out there. What has changed in this offense that you're just able to fire those um, and find these guys as, as easily as it's looked, maybe not as easily as it's felt these last couple of weeks? Well, the guys are doing a great job making the plays. Like I said, it's it's about what we're doing on offense, and I got to try to give those guys a chance, and they're coming down with them. Chris comes down with them, makes incredible plays. AB does, Mike does, Scotty does. So um, I'm just going to keep challenging different parts of the field, and our guys are making a lot of great plays, so we got to keep it going. If you want some more numbers, uh, Tom Brady finishes with 4,600 just over 4,600 passing yards, second most ever in a Buccaneer season behind Jameis Winston's 5,100 or so yards last year. Uh, Brady's 40 touchdown passes is the franchise record. Obviously, he becomes the oldest quarterback in the history of the NFL, 43 years of age, to throw 40 touchdown passes in a season. That's staggering. Buccaneers also break the record for most points in a single season. Two years in a row under Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich calling the plays. The Bucs have scored more points than any previous Buccaneer teams ever. They break the 2019 record in 2020. Going over that there in the fourth quarter with all the points that were piled up, 44 more of them. And again, it's worth repeating, never before have the Bucks scored 40 or more in back-to-back games, but they just did it the last two weeks with the Lions in this uh, closeout finale regular season game with the 
Atlanta Falcons. All right, let's continue with our post-game conversations. I spoke with Chris Godwin, a five-catch day for him, two touchdowns. Again, in the absence of Mike Evans, he stepped up. Here is more from Godwin on the win and how he helped contribute. Chris, congratulations. The most important thing is getting the fourth consecutive victory, locking up the five seed. How and why did this team gut it out against a game Atlanta team that did not go away? Yeah, uh, well, first, I, I really appreciate it. Um, man, like you said, I, I think um, I think this team is so resilient. I think we've shown that all throughout the year. We've had, uh, we've had so many uh, positives, but we also had our fair share of, you know, of down days. So just to see us kind of come together the way we have and to just progress and to, you know, really fight through these last four games to secure the, you know, the, the fifth seed and to have a lot of momentum going into the playoffs, I think is very, very crucial. You had some bookend big plays in this one, my friend. A first quarter, first drive touchdown over in the left corner of the south end zone. Describe that ball coming to you there from Tom Brady for the first score of the game, if you would. Yeah, that was a that was a great pass by Tom. Um, really, just like similar to like a wheel route. Um, we had a we had an advantageous matchup versus a linebacker. Um, you know, I got the step on him and was just waiting for the ball to come down. You know, it kind of felt like it took forever, but. And at the end of the day, you just got to go up and make the play. So I'm, I'm happy that I was able to do that for my team. We're all holding our breath about number 13. He did get the 1,000 yards, NFL record, seven straight seasons to start a career with 1,000 yards, but then he goes out of the game. What did the receivers have to tell each other, if anything? What was Tom Brady saying, trying to regroup and just be ready to go and continue the pass attack? Uh, honestly, it was really just like, uh, you know, it was – it was like an unspoken kind of rule. You know, we all understood, you know, understood and understand what Mike brings to our team, you know, and, and to our room and how, you know, just effective he is, how dynamic he is. And so, you know, when he, when one goes out, we all have to kind of pick up the slack. And, you know, I think we have a lot of really talented guys that were able to do that. There were so many big plays in this game. You caught a 47-yard long one on third down with about five minutes to go. It's only a three-point game. That is a humongous play to move the sticks, keep the clock rolling. Eventually, you caught the touchdown right after that. But on the 47-yard play, describe getting open and that, and that ball coming to you. Yeah, it was uh, you know, just just a, a deep shot. Um, you know, the way that that, that that Atlanta was playing their defense, you know, we knew that we may have a have an opportunity on third and long to take a deep shot, and you know, it was kind of just one on one with the safety. And Tom, you know, he did he did a really good job of just giving me an opportunity to make a play on the ball. Um, and like I said, at, at that point, you know, for me, my mentality is just trying to attack it, you know, attack it the best way I know how. And like I said, it was a really, really big point in the game for us. So, you know, anytime I can make a play for, for my team, man, I, that, that, like, that's what really means the most to me. And I know you want to go, but two more real quick. Tom Brady. I mean, we almost, it's amazing to watch what we keep seeing week after week at 43 years of age. Chris, what is it like during the week, the practice field, uh, you know, huddle, pregame, all of this stuff, and then we see it translating in December in the most important games of the year into touchdown after touchdown and win after win. Yeah, um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know if there's one right way to to explain this, man. Uh, it, it's it's so so impressive, just the way that he's able to operate at you know at, at his age and you know being in the spotlight so much and being so frequently critiqued. Um, you know, he comes in every single day. As the same, he's the same guy. He works his tail off. He has an an, an intense uh, attention to detail, um, and we see that every single day. You know, and that type of stuff rubs off on us. You know, I think he's done a, a really good job of uh, not only adjusting to you know being in a new place, but you know adjusting to new teammates. You know, adjusting to the ups and downs of the season. You know, and keeping everything on track. You know, I think I think everyone in the locker room and the organization is so. So happy to have him, you know, and now now we get to roll into the playoffs with, you know, with our captain leading us. You just said it. I'm closing with this. You had a five-catch, 133-yard day in the finale, but it's not the finale because the playoffs are here. Time to time to smile and see where you're playing. We know now that New York won. It's either New York or it's Washington, depending on if they win tonight. Uh, I know you've only been here four years, but this is the first time I get to say, Chris Godwin, we look forward to seeing you in the playoffs. Congrats. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I really appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm very blessed to be in this position. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to war with my guys, you know, wherever we have to play. So many weapons, uh, to say the least, for this football team. 
Give credit. Tom Brady uh, very nearly threw for 400 yards in the game, finished with 399 and the four touchdowns, did have the one interception. Godwin, five catches, 133 yards. Antonio Brown, 11 catches, 138 yards uh, in the game. And uh, Ronald Jones even uh, ends up with 12 carries, 78 yards, and the touchdown in this one. He just missed out on 1,000 for the season, but... Give uh, give this offense any opportunity to go get points. They're going to get it. I mean, you go back, you, you look at the second half of the Atlanta game and then moving forward to the next eight quarters, the last 10 quarters of Buccaneer football. I know it's against lesser competition, but you still got to go out, execute, make the throws, make the plays. Devastating. This is a dangerous offensive football team right now playing with confidence. I know it will be more of a challenge when you're playing better defenses. And Washington has got a quality defense. But I will say this. The the Washington football team has skated through the NFC East without playing anything like what this Buccaneer offense is. It's easier for your defense to look really good when you're playing inept NFC East offenses, which they did down the stretch of this season against Dallas and against Philadelphia in key wins. Um, All right, so uh, more on this win. Uh, The Buccaneers were without Devin White, without Shaq Barrett in this game because of COVID-19 and the contact tracing and being on the COVID-19 list. So those guys didn't play. Kevin Minter, the veteran, stepped in here in uh, this instance. And Minter, uh, Minter, the veteran, uh, able to have nine tackles to lead the Buccaneers. Here's what he had to say about stepping in when needed and about this team getting the 11th win and locking up the fifth playoff seat. What was it like for you and for the other guys to have to step up and, and you know, and fill those big roles? You know, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of what we do. Right. Um, you know, coach always talk about next man up and uh, you know, that's something we live by in this locker room. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, uh, regardless of who's down, there's no excuses. You know, we're all bucks and we all got a goal in mind. And we're all trying to get to that championship. So regardless of who playing, you know, you need to strap the helmet on them and go. And uh, and I'd be damned if I'd be the, be, be the one that let my team down. You know what I mean? For sure. And and you're, uh, you know, been around here and you know what Mike Evans means to this team. Football is a, an emotional sport, right? I mean, it goes from setting a record to getting hurt. For you guys coming back out there on the field, how difficult was it to get going again? It felt like I know the stadium was was down a little bit after that. I mean, it, it wasn't really difficult at all. It was more so like, you know, we're doing this for him. You know what I mean? Um, you know, regardless if he's down or not, you know, uh, if, if, you know, we needed to win this game, uh, get that fifth seed and, you know, you know, you know, proceed as usual. You know what I mean? And he wanted he wanted to want it any other way. And uh, you know, we uh we finished this thing for thirteen. So we don't know the status of Devin going forward and everything. So how do you approach you know this next week and possibly beyond that? How how do you approach things? I mean, I'm approaching like I'm a starting linebacker. I mean, regardless of you know, you know, if he's up at night, I'm I'm gonna be in my book. Um, I mean, I'm I'm still looking at my special team stuff too, and um, I mean, I'm I'm a, you know, I'm a professional. I'm gonna carry myself as such. I mean, this defense uh, twice they got inside the five yard line today, and right. you guys held them to field goals, especially in the fourth quarter when a touchdown would have put them ahead. What what did you see from this defense to to kind of step up there when you needed it? You know, resilience. You know, regardless. You know, if uh, you know, it you know, it's about you know getting punched in the mouth and responding. You know. You know, stuff happens in this league. They get paid too. You know, it's a very good offense. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, MVP caliber uh, quarterback. You know what I mean? With some uh, with some weapons and Ridley and AT. I mean, stuff happens. You know, they gonna make their plays. But regardless, you know, we gotta uh, you know, we gotta strap it up and we gotta, you know, we gotta we gotta get after him. I mean, I mean, five yard line or the thirty yard line. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, defend every blade of grass. So. And again, we will wait to see official word on when Devin White, when Shaq Barrett, and also defensive lineman Steve McClendon can join the team off the COVID-19 tracing list. The hope would be uh, that you can get those guys back in part or in whole for the Saturday night playoff game with Washington. We'll learn more about that in the coming couple of days, though, about the contact tracing and the COVID testing uh, and being able to test negative and be back in there. So in any event, uh, the Bucks got the win without them. 
And uh, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for only the fourth time ever getting 11 wins. A couple more accolades uh, for this team. As as we made mention, uh, even the Super Bowl team had not won four games in a row. The Buccaneers really shook off a a slow start um, in a couple of games here, uh, especially in November, where the games uh, began to stack up with slow starts and losses. But the, the bottom line is they recovered to win four games at the end, playing well. Yes, the first half in Atlanta, you didn't play particularly well, but that's the only bad half you really played in the last four games. Other than that, you played outstanding offensive football for the other three and a half games. The other, uh, what would that be, uh, 14 quarters out of all of this. Um, and and it piled up points after points. Um, it, Brady ends the year with a 102.2 passer rating. That is the best single-season passer rating um, ever uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to have a quarterback be able to do that. And again, as I mentioned, 46, uh, 40 touchdowns at 43 years of age. 40 touchdowns for Tom Brady, and the most important thing, yes, there was an interception on Sunday, but that was the first turnover in four games uh, for Brady. You cut down on the 30 turnovers a year ago, interceptions, plus 11 more lost fumbles. 41 turnovers from Jameis Winston a year ago. Tom Brady finished with 12 turnovers in 16 games this year. Not a coincidence uh, that the win total goes up to 11 victories. Uh, when you don't turn the ball over and you still light things up, passing them on this team loaded offensively, just don't give the ball away. And that's exactly what he didn't do down the stretch. I know there was a stretch where in the Saints home game, the Rams and the, the Chiefs games where there were turnovers, there were losses, but ultimately you want to recover. And the Bucks did recover and the play was much better. The play was much better when it mattered at the end here, not turning the football over uh, as well. couple of more accolades in this one. Uh, Tom Brady finishes with the third-best completion percentage in Buccaneers single-season history at 65.7%. Um, and for Chris Godwin, he is now in the top 10 in Buccaneer history in touchdown catches with 24. Mike Evans far and away leads with 61 uh, but, I mean, there's names like Jimmy Giles, Kevin House, Joey Galloway, Mark Carrier in front of Chris Godwin, and here, here's hoping that he zooms past all of them for many years to come. Godwin also into the top 10 in receiving yards in Buccaneer history. And as we talked about with the head coach, he's a complete football player. I mean, that Antonio Brown screen and catch and touchdown uh, to help seal the deal late in the game, Chris Godwin's blocking not only his guy, but he goes over and gets Antonio Brown's guy as well. He blocks two guys on the receiver screen to help make that happen. Um, and, and, you know, again, full credit to what Brady and the offense, Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich did throughout this year. And I, I will say again something that I said early on, especially after that opening loss to the Saints all the way back at the beginning of the year. I said, get back to me in October on how this offense looks. And that's when the Bucks were rolling uh, at that point and won six out of seven games, and the offense clicking. Yes, you had problems against teams with winning records and better defenses in November. That's acknowledged. That's understood. But ultimately, all the games count the same with wins and losses. They don't qualify these ones at the end when you're beating teams with losing records and say, oh, they count less. They count three quarters or half a win. They all count as wins. And I kept saying on this Nothing But Bucks podcast, it is much more likely that the Buccaneers are going to get to a 10th or an 11th win here with Tom Brady than they aren't. He means four or five uh, victories and had for years in New England. Look look at, even though New England won Sunday, look at them ending with a losing record at 7-9. and nine. Meanwhile, Brady comes here, the four or five wins translates to a Tampa Bay 11-5 season. And uh, the end result is the fifth seed in the NFC playoffs. So there you go. We now know what the situation is. You've got to go to Washington. A little historical perspective. The Bucs have played the Redskins, the former Redskins, now the Washington football team, 
on two different occasions in the postseason, beating them in 1999 in the divisional round in a home playoff win, rallying uh, with Sean King at the helm, our, our radio analyst Dave Moore, uh, part of that team in 1999 that had obviously the Hall of Famers, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks leading the defense, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, uh, on and on on that 99 team, Mike Allstott on the offense, Trent Dilfer had been hurt in the regular season, Sean King becoming the quarterback. So you won that divisional playoff game against the Redskins. You lost on the wild card weekend at home to the Washington football team, the former Redskins. They were the Redskins at the time you lost to them. In 2005, the last time you were 11-5, and you lost to Washington. And uh, uh, that was an ugly offensive game for a lot of it for the Bucs. The defense played outstanding. A key fumble return by the late Sean Taylor on a play that, by the way, I still remember this 15 years later and will still recount it and question it till the dying day as a Buccaneer fan. Sean Taylor was touched while he was on the ground before he got up to run the fumble in. Those were the days where in instant replay it wasn't automatically reviewed. The Bucs with John Gruden and Monty Kiffin coaching the defense didn't, didn't challenge quickly enough. The extra point got kicked. And so uh, you go back and watch that play. Go back on YouTube. Go back in the annals on NFL Game Pass on NFL.com and watch that play. That's a huge momentum-swinging fumble return for a touchdown in that Washington playoff game. And Sean Taylor was down. He was touched by an offensive lineman before he got up to take off the other way. So Washington didn't do a lot offensively. The Bucs couldn't do enough at the end of that game. And the end result, the bottom line, is uh, Washington won that playoff game in 05. So that's the two meetings you've had with the Washington football team in the playoffs. And now you will meet them some 15 years later after your latest 11-5 season coming on Saturday night. This one at FedEx Field where the Buccaneers have had some success in the regular season in the past a couple of times. Mike Evans had a 200-yard receiving game for a win in 2014 at FedEx Field. A couple of years ago, um, you had a loss at FedEx Field uh, as well, but you, you've played the you've played the Washington football team some throughout your history at home and away in, in recent years. And so you have a little bit of familiarity with them. Again, Ron Rivera, the former Carolina coach, is their first-year coach. Alex Smith, the, the veteran quarterback, is off the horrible right leg injury. He became the quarterback late in this year. The number one pick, Dwayne Haskins, obviously falling out of favor, poor play, being benched. Uh, eventually, they went back to him because of Alex Smith being injured, and, and Haskins was awful in the games that he played, and uh, Washington had to hang on for dear life. They eventually cut Dwayne Haskins uh, last week. It was an incident with him being at a strip club without a mask on. It was on social media. Ron Rivera and the and the team had enough of him and got rid of him. So now Alex Smith, the veteran, is back in there off of injury. He was adequate in the game Sunday night against Philadelphia. Again, the, the game was an awful offensive game for both of them in the second half with Washington winning 20-14. to But they win the division nonetheless at 7-9. They become the third team in NFL history in a 16-game schedule to have uh, a non-winning record or at least a 500 record. Uh, the, the Washington football team at 7-9, and nine, previously Carolina at 7-8-1, and one, and the Seattle Seahawks at 7-9, and nine, making the playoffs in a 16-game full season without winning at least eight games. So uh, the end result is the Bucs must now go on the road. They know their fate. I, I've said this uh, coming down the stretch of the season. I continue to say this. Dangerous team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we look forward to seeing what they can do. They may very well be the most dangerous team right now because you're going to hear all of this talk about how bad the teams were that the Bucs beat at the end of the year. And no Mike Evans. Maybe Mike Evans can't play. Maybe Devin White can or can't play. Maybe Shaq Barrett can or can't play. You're going to hear pundit after pundit talking about the Bucs not beating very good teams at the end of the year. Let them. Let them. Let them say those things. This is a dangerous offensive team. Ask the Falcons, who saw it twice. Ask the Lions. Ask the Vikings. And even earlier in the year, ask teams like Carolina, 
Uh, like the Giants who saw this team come roaring back, if you got a chance to ask them, or the Denver Broncos, or some of the other ones that the Bucks were beating earlier in the season, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, even the Packers, the top seed in the NFC, the Packers have home field advantage. The Bucks boat raced the Packers, took Tom Brady out of the game in the fourth quarter because they were up 38-10. This team has a high-powered offense, and let's hope that Mike Evans is healthy and, uh, and able to get out there and do damage in the playoffs with Godwin, with Brown, with Scotty Miller, with Gronk, with Cameron Brait, with the backs out of the backfield, Fournette and Jones, and uh, if they use LaShawn McCoy, etc. Let's see it starting Saturday night. Again, we will come your way on Buccaneers Radio at 7 Eastern time with our pregame coverage. And we look forward to everything that's going to happen uh, with the Bucs and the Washington football team. Third ever playoff meeting, first playoff game for the Bucs in 13 seasons going against the Washington football team and looking to advance on to the divisional round of the playoffs. It's wildcard weekend, three NFC wildcard games. The other two games involve Chicago going to New Orleans and the LA Rams going to Seattle for a third matchup, the two NFC West teams. Green Bay awaiting the three winners here. Whoever the lowest seed team that is left uh, remaining will go play Green Bay. So it's not an automatic bracket situation. It's not that the the uh, the winner of the four five game coming on Saturday night between the Bucks and Washington would go to Green Bay. It's whoever the lowest seed team is. If the Bears pull an upset with the Saints, not likely as the Bears backed into the playoffs being beaten by Green Bay Sunday. But if they pull the upset. They were as the seventh seed, they will be the team to go to play Green Bay immediately again. If the Rams pull the upset over the Seahawks, they would play the uh, the Green Bay Packers before the Bucks would in the following week. But that's all the following week. Let's worry about taking care of business against Washington. For now, we are done here on Nothing But Bucks. Thank you for finding me again as I came your way in the aftermath Sunday night of Washington clinching things. We now know that's now the playoff matchup for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming this Saturday on six days rest. And the Buccaneers got a little bit more rest as Washington had to play a night game. Let's hope Mike Evans gets healthy. Let's hope we get uh, the likes of uh, Devin White and Shaq Barrett and Steve McClendon off the COVID-19 list soon and have them back out there and be able to play this playoff matchup. My thanks to Steve Carney helping me with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of, bot- of uh, broadcasting. Reminder, if you have not subscribed already to this podcast, do it on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, Buccaneers mobile app. We come automatically to you right after Buccaneer games are played. You get the ding. You get the notification if you subscribe. Do that. I look forward to doing the recap podcast after this playoff game because I look forward to talking about a Buck win and another playoff matchup coming up. For now, we're done with the regular season. It's 11-5 for the fourth time in team history. The playoffs coming Saturday against the Washington football team. Again, we're on the air at 7 for the game just after 8.15 Eastern time or thereabouts for the NFL triple header on Saturday of wildcard playoff action. Bucks and the Washington football team from FedEx Field, third ever playoff meeting as uh, it's the uh, the winner go home scenario that Tom Brady has been so great at. Let's see if that continues on Saturday night. For now, we're done. Thank you for being with me all regular season long. It's on to the playoffs starting this coming weekend, and we'll recap all of it on Nothing But Bucks. Bye. <laughs>